That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, welcome to the Director's Cut. Actually, not the Director's Cut. The Director's Cut is on the cutting room floor. This is take two for the third Sunday of Easter. Because the first episode was too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Uh, yeah. So here we are as we head now, uh, as you're preaching this passage, folks, this is going to be deep into April, uh, deep into the 50 days of the season of Easter, the, the mm-hmm. ongoing celebration of the resurrection of our Lord. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if people are getting a little uh, excited about the rate of vaccinations and uh, things opening up and maybe you are now meeting indoors in person or maybe you're meeting in person outdoors who knows but uh wherever your context or if you're still on zoom uh we've got some passages here that again uh, take us to the heart of the resurrection and what it means for our life and so acts chapter 3 which by the way in this easter tide you will be preaching not from the old testament for your first reading you'll have lots of acts passages we'll be going through the book of acts then we have first john for our epistle reading. Uh, also, mm. again, you'll be in First John for most of Easter until, basically, mm-hmm. until Pentecost with one little blip where Ephesians shows up. So you're going to get some consistent reading in First in John, mm-hmm. as we are today. And then Luke 24, which breaks the trend because for most of Easter, you're going to be in the Gospel of John. But here we go to Luke 24, so we'll talk more about that in a sec. But yes, as we open it up, your sermon advice. We begin in Acts 3 with a sermon. Peter is preaching a sermon. Mm. Uh, Jake, why don't you tell us uh, how, if you wanted to preach a good sermon on this passage, what would you do? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the thing to re- remember is that Peter has just uh, performed a miracle. And uh, and don't get it twisted. In the book of Acts, the miracles uh, are there to confirm the message. They are not the center of the stage. It's the sermons that Peter preaches after uh, the miracles. And here he's just um, uh, uh, made a disabled person get, be able to get up and walk. And uh, and the people are astonished by this, but this now confirms the message that he's about to deliver. And he says, you Israelites, why do you wonder at this? You know, or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, we made him walk? And, you know, and so often we think that anything that good happens is is a result of our piety. But actually, it's 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 faith in Christ. And uh, this is the whole thing. And his sermon then roots Jesus in the history of Israel. I mean, even so much so that um, that um, at his name, Jesus, uh, Peter keeps saying, you know, to this weird, and by faith in his name. Now, this would have offended everybody there because it's not faith in the name of Yahweh, which should never be spoken, but the faith in Jesus's name. I mean, he's literally... Um, um, not only equating Jesus' name, but like raising it up above Yahweh, um, to uh, uh, which is so amazing and so powerful that that's where this power is coming from. 
And he says, now um, it's time. And uh, because this has been the message always, a.k.a. foretold through the prophets, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And indeed, that message that Peter uh, preached is still applicable today. Uh, our call is to preach the gospel so that those may people may repent and their sins be wiped out once and for all. Yeah, and repent again. Uh, that doesn't mean you clean up your life totally yes. so God loves you. It means um, you, Turning because from God yourself. loves you, yeah, you, you move from a self-absorbed, I have to be perfect mentality to I am someone who needs help and God, please help me. That's what repentance mm. means. Um Mm. So, uh, which I know you meant that, Jake, but some of our listeners may mm -hmm. have thought when you said repent, it was like, yeah. throw out all your Justin yeah. Bieber DVD box set. Actually, you should oh, still do Christian. that. Oh, he's Christian. Well, I'm kidding. So, anyway. Um, so... That's the one thing that's permissive. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> the other thing, too, here, so there's, there's a lot of wonderful stuff kind of woven into this passage, the more you can get yes. into the context. The fact that this is... Uh, this is an early, you know, the kind of one of the earliest speeches by Peter, the one who had just denied Christ, um, you know, mere weeks before, uh, and been a complete failure, is now preaching a sermon. Uh, and to do, so the guy that was scared, just to admit that he knew Jesus, uh, because to do so might get him in hot water, now he's like basically walking before the powers that be and saying, come at me, bro. Like he's just so mm. uh, changed and transformed <laughs> by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and what's interesting too here, another great thing is the fact that he says, and again, by the way, that's not Pete because Peter has done anything to make himself more confident. He didn't stand in power poses for three minutes in the stairwell while listening to Metallica's Enter Sandman to get psyched up to then go take on mm -hmm. the powers that be. Instead... Uh, it's God's work in him that has changed this uh, Galilean fisherman. Yeah. And so... And he makes that point clear when he's like, this isn't our power right, or piety. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, he's coming uh, from Luther, a place I of love humility. Luther says... Go ahead. Yeah, Luther says, piety is the devil's whore. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's like... Luther, always so, so gentle true. and subtle with his phrases. Um, <laughs> the He says also, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is glorified Jesus. Uh, and... We hear God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God of these really holy people that lived a long time ago. But just remember, those people were all complete uh, spiritual failures, uh, liars, cheats, uh, scoundrels. They're more like Loki than Thor, and yet God is the God of all of them. Uh, and so, a uh, God of grace from the beginning. And yeah, go yeah, ahead. and why? Because they believed. Right. Just like he's. I mean, the message is consistent the whole way through the prophets. That's right. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Yep. You know what I mean? It was like this turning away from my self focus and putting and uh, and I'm not even doing it. God's doing it for me. So and, yeah, and, the, and the, the final thing I would say about this passage is that it is an example of God through His people offering forgiveness as quickly mm. as possible to those who desperately needed it. So just like last week we saw Thomas, well, all the disciples, Jesus shows up in the upper room and immediately says, peace be with you. Like basically, you guys all just failed completely. Let me do the first thing that needs to get done. I absolve you. Uh, Thomas doubts Jesus. So the next time Jesus appears, the first thing he wants to do is say, okay, Thomas, also peace be with you. Let me make sure you know that you're okay. And now, post 
Pentecost and post-ascension of Jesus. You have the disciples here, and they, they show up in, uh, uh, in the temple courtyard, and all these Jewish folks are there, these leaders and just people. Uh, and a lot of these people, as Peter says, were in the crowd calling for Jesus' crucifixion, and some of them were the leaders who kind of arranged the whole thing to happen. And instead of showing up to settle scores and call down angels to strike these people down... Peter says the first thing, after a thorough accounting of their sin, like, let's not beat around the bush. You rejected the holy and righteous one. You killed the author of life, which whatever sins you may have done, dear listener, you have not killed the author of life, at least not this week in a literal sense. Uh, Nevertheless, the first thing I want you to know after, you know, looking at your file uh, is that forgiveness of sins is offered to you. You know, I want you to turn mm. to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Uh, it's just, in a, it's, it's, I just think back to when Peter was like, you know, how many times should I forgive someone? Um, just kind of that stingy approach to forgiveness. And here, as someone who has been radically forgiven, the first thing he wants to do is say, yeah, you guys killed Jesus. And even though, you know, Pilate wanted to let him go, but you wouldn't let it go. And even so, you were offered forgiveness as well. That is really good, and that really flows right into the epistle reading, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. I mean, the whole theme right here is really the whole point of Jesus being revealed to the world is not um, simply example, but he has been revealed to the world um, to forgive sins. Yep, and, you know, there's, there's a wonderful looking back and looking now and looking ahead. Um, mm-hmm. So... John definitely has in mind the resurrection, which for him has happened in the past, but is a present reality. And he's looking ahead to the second coming. Uh, he says, what we will be has not yet been revealed, but when, we, when, he, when Jesus is revealed, we will be like him. So it's very much living in multiple uh, times, you know, past, present, and future. Um, and he's kind of talking about the Christian life when you when you live yeah. a, across those times, uh, and um, we he he wants to kind of talk about and this is something that's been an ongoing theme in this letter and it was part of last week. You know, if anyone does sin, um, Jesus Christ, the righteous, is our advocate with the Father. You know, John wants the Christian church to be people who reflect the holiness and peace of God. Um, and so he's writing kind of to, to help them in that process um, and just reminds them that Jesus is here to take away sins. Uh, and yeah. then it says, no one who abides in him sins, no one who sins has either seen him or known him. And again, out of context, that can make people feel like if I commit a sin, I'm out. You know, it's, one strike and you're out. Jesus forgives you and gets you in, but now that you're in, you better behave because if you sin, he's going to show you the exit. The bouncers will show up and escort you uh, to the door. Um, and uh, it's important to remember a number of things. One, sin here is not the the sort of simplistic way that we normally think about it, which is, you know, I was only supposed to take one Snickers bar from the bowl on Halloween because the person put the sign out saying, just take one, and I took two. Um, or, uh, you know, the barista at Starbucks gave me too much change, and I didn't tell them. Uh, 
or some of the bigger sins, I mean, that we may think about. This is talking about an attitude of sin, again, that self-centered, I will perform it, I will, I'm trusting in myself, yeah. uh, pulling myself up by my bootstraps, that kind of attitude towards life, uh, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's so much, because so much of our life in this age is hidden, you know what I mean? Mm. We are the righteousness of God now, but I can't see it. And so he's con- he's reminding them of that. You know, what we do know is this, when he is revealed, we will be like him. Yeah. Or we'll see him as he is. And so, you know, and we that's why we have this hope. And with, like the important thing, purify themselves. This isn't about like you doing something. This is about you believing and confessing the love that the Father has given us. Yeah. You know, the world thinks that's totally crazy. But no, it's confessing this love that makes us children, despite what we see. Um, you know, um, well, that is the purification as he is pure, you yeah. know, and so, um, and, yeah. And just one more thing here. The fact that, I mean, John here defines what sin is. He says sin mm-hmm. is lawlessness, meaning... Yeah, unbelief. It's, yeah, it's like, it's sort of like, others, I can do whatever I want. I'm I'm God, essentially. Um, and so, that's what he's talking about. Uh, and you, yeah. you can't simultaneously think that you are God and that Jesus is God at the same time. And that's sort of what he's pointing out. Um, so, and, yeah. And this is, this is the hope of the gospel that needs to be heard, is that, you know, when he, is, when he was revealed to take away sin, and in him there is no sin. I mean, that, Christian, is your reality right now when you were baptized. You know, you, in him there is no sin. Well, I see it all over me. But um, in him, there's no sin. You know, that is like, that's the craziness of the, the, the right now, the already, you know, and, uh, and to, to, to be reminded and no one who abides in him sins, no one who sins has either seen him or known him. Well, I mean, on one level, but let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous. And when you confess the name of Jesus, when you are baptized, you are brought into him and you are righteous because sin has no more dominion over you. You have been brought into a new reality. And this is what John is proclaiming. You are in a new reality, whether you see it or not. You need to hear it. This is why church and the Easter message is so important. And I love how he begins this passage. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children <laughs> yeah. of God. And that is what we are. That, that is a present reality, which is always true. And that's what you want your congregation to, to hear. And so then we turn to the gospel, Luke 24, where now we have Jesus showing up again, taking a break this Sunday from the gospel of John to give us this very important post-resurrection account of Jesus meeting with the disciples on the shore of Galilee, that rocky shore of that inland sea, basically kind of a not that big lake, um, uh-huh. and uh, Jesus is there. And like he says to the disciples in John's gospel last week, the first thing he says is, peace be with you. And they are terrified, of course, and they think they see a ghost. <laughs> and this is Jesus here trying to tell them, uh, look, it's really me, and I'm not a ghost. And to to make sure he underlines it, not just showing his hand and his feet, uh, he says, hey, uh, I'm a little, a little hungry. Could you? Uh, and he gets a fish taco yeah. and he eats it in front of them. Uh, so they kind and of. It's not. He's not a ghost. Is the point here? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so much of our our society too is is gnostic, 
and wants to talk about the spiritual and, uh, you know, and shedding off the flesh. But the message of the gospel is that God has come to redeem his creation, including your flesh. And so this is really, I mean, this is, this is a first fruit uh, that he, his body has been resurrected. He is the firstborn of a new creation. And, uh, and he is testifying and testifying to that because he's eating. Ghosts don't need to eat. You remember WandaVision? Yeah. Vision doesn't need to eat. Yeah. And so, uh, um, he, but here he is, he's, uh, he's eating with them. You'd think that as high tech and as advanced the technology was in building Vision, you would think they would have, you know, added some sort of, like, you know, you know that waste disposal in your sink? I feel like mm-hmm. that should have yeah. just been in, in vision. Anyways, uh, the thing but here... But then he says, I love what he says. He goes, so then it continues. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut no, you. No, I just, I love like Jake's like, let's stop talking about Marvel Cinematic Universe. Get back to the gospel. <laughs> the only thing I would say uh, about this is the radicality of the statement at the end of the passage in verse 48. Mm. Repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in Jesus' name to all nations. And in the first century, this was a radical new Mm. idea because the only thing that was proclaimed to all nations at that time was Rome is the world's superpower and you better get in line. Um, There was no unifying religion. There was no religious belief that that wasn't tied to land. You know, if you lived in Rome, you worship the Roman gods. If you lived in Gaul, you worship the Gallic gods. If you lived up in Germany, you worship the trees. You know, if you, you know, if you, it was all based on where you lived, and each region had its own god, and it was tied to culture and language and ethnicity and all that. And the idea that this message, there would be a message that is proclaimed to all nations, and it was everybody was welcome to receive it, is would have been crazy. This is the first time this happens. And mm-hmm. um, and the idea that the message that is proclaimed is repentance and forgiveness of sins. So you get here this idea that there's something about human beings that is universal. And what is told, what is universal about human beings is their need for forgiveness. Um, that what unites us is our failure and our weakness and our frailty and 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 that we are created by God and that God wants to redeem us all. So this is... Again, we are so used to this kind of thinking, uh, but you know, even John Lennon uh, in Imagine, uh, that secular anthem, his idea that we would all the world would live as one, that is a Christian idea. There's that doesn't appear mm-hmm. anywhere in history until it, it shows up here, and so uh, this this is profound and it's good news for your congregation um, that the message of Christianity that is pro- proclaimed to all nations is not. God hates R-rated movies and wants you to clean up your life. I mean, God does want you to clean up your life. Uh, but, well, God wants to clean up Maybe. your life. God wants to do it. <laughs> yeah. um, and he will do it. And as, a, as the way to set the stage for all that, what he's offering to you is a, is a clean slate, a fresh start, and the forgiveness of your sins. That's the message. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I love, too, he, in that second paragraph, he says, you know, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Okay, the entire uh, Hebrew scriptures from Genesis to Malachi um, is about me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that um, they couldn't understand it until he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And that's, that is the case as well. You know, I mean, without, without God's spirit, I mean, they're just, they're just letters 
But he goes, you know, but this is, this is what it's all about right from the beginning. And you are witnesses of these things. So once again, that kind of that theme running through Easter is that we stand on a testimony. Uh, we stand on true, like this just isn't made up. And if it's not true, then throw in the towel. Uh, Christianity is the one religion that hinges on it being true. Um, you know, if it's not true, then let's quit. But uh, he says, you are witnesses to these things. And we stand 2,000 years later um, on their witness and testimony. Jake, would you say that the gospel is too legit to quit? It is too legit to quit, absolutely. <laughs> well, on that note, but if, yeah, go if ahead. They found a usury, if they found his usury, though, I would quit tomorrow. Um, 100%. His ossuary. Yeah. The, 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 uh, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, I know. Well, there's, you know, uh, Uh, yeah. The usury is, is the practice of interest. And if Jesus charged interest, also, uh, we should, uh, I quit it too. Yeah. But yeah, if they found his, the box of his bones, uh, yeah. But it is, it is, we will not find that. The gospel is too legit to quit. And, uh, Mm -hmm. in the name of NC Hammer, uh, MC Hammer. Um, well, no, not in his name. In Jesus' name, make sure you tell people that their sins are forgiven. That's right. Amen. Somebody's looking. Somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried him, but three days later, well, the stone got rolled away. And yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.